Hello, you're listening to History and Hope, a Baptist perspective on history, culture, and theology. I'm Mark West. And I'm Matthew Lyon. And today we have people sharing their stories of abuse in the Christian school. Yeah, so about a year ago, a woman reached out to me, a black woman named Anna Simmers, and she was no connection, but through another pastor, she was looking for a pastor who could, who could give her some spiritual counsel as she was going to confront some abuse in a Christian school in Alaska. And the, the school um, and church in Anchorage is one of the, is a mega church, one of the largest churches up there. So she's been working on that. And today she is on the show with um, four other um, alumni from that school, and they're going to share their accounts of the abuse they received at the school. And so these are explicit accounts of abuse, um, physical, racial, sexual. So. So this is sort of a trigger warning. If you if you're sensitive to that sort of thing, um, listen to this later or don't listen to it all. But but they do go into the, the account of their story and it can be it can be hard to listen to. Um, but we're really glad to have them on and, and their willingness to kind of go on to a public show and tell their stories. And their goal is Anna was very clear that our goal is to protect the children who are still in the system. And she's working on what she's calling the Black Sheep Initiative. They're going to have a website and an Instagram and ways you can donate money. But their goal is to expose abuse in Christian schools. Um, so I think our listeners are going to be helped by hearing what's going on in, in places that we're associated with. All right, Anna, if you want to introduce, introduce yourself and uh, let us know what you've been working on. Yeah, so my name's Anna Simmers. I I was an army brat, but I finished out high school in Anchorage, Alaska. Um, a lot of my fellow alumni, a few of my fellow alumni are here with me as well to share their stories of our experience while we went to high school there. It's a high school that's run by a parent church, Anchorage Baptist Temple, which is an independent fundamental Baptist church. And after the murder of George Floyd in May of last year, a lot of the minority alumni were really repulsed and also not shocked at all by the responses of our former teachers, coaches, and, and staff. They were quite clear about their opinion about uh, minorities and police brutality and made statements such as Christianity and racism don't mix. George Floyd wasn't really murdered. It's a conspiracy. Um, black people aren't victims in America and need to stop complaining. Just really outlandish, kind of horrifying statements like that. And it just kind of brought us all back to our experience going to school there in the environment we were in. And it drove a lot of us to kind of reach out to each other. And I sent out a, a letter to a, a bunch of the other alumni, white, black, whatever, um, or even people who I knew had also gone there, even if they didn't attend at the same time as me, asking if hey, this is my story, just a few instances of racism I encountered. Did you guys have similar experiences or is this just me and my family? And I was just inundated with stories from people. Um, at the very first week, I had 106 mm -hmm. and they were just continuously coming in. So that kind of drove what we're doing now. Um, alumni from my school and other private uh, Christian schools in Alaska have gotten together and we are now forming a nonprofit called the Black Sheep Initiative, 
with the goal of ending racism in private education systems in the United States. And I just uh, wanted a chance to be able to share some of our stories with with your audience, which from what I understand is a lot of independent fundamental Baptist preachers. Yeah. To just kind of go over how a lot of minority children are experiencing the environments that are sadly kind of pervasive in the independent fundamental Baptist circles. Um, I have with me uh, Josh Brandstetter, um, Leo Warren, uh, Augustus Simmers, my younger brother, and Ariane Audette. Um, before they start, they'll kind of introduce themselves a little bit, just say, you know, what year they went to Anchorage Christian School, and then kind of share their stories. So you can kind of see how not only did we experience racism and other horrifying issues like sexual harassment and, and worse by our coaches and staff, but those people who perpetrated that against us were protected while we were ignored or dismissed, or even our parents were ignored or dismissed. So Leo, do you want to go into your story and kind of introduce yourself as well? Absolutely. Hello, uh, my name is Leonardo Chase Warren, as Anna had shared. The stories we're talking about today, um, they they definitely started um, with respect to the what happened over this last summer. Um, and although there were a lot of stories, lots of stories about um, racial injustice, there are stories that I'm going to share about my own experience that are um, a bit different um, with respect to the topic. Uh, mine has to do with sexual harassment from a coach. So um, I went to Anchorage Christian schools from fourth grade through graduating high school. Uh, likewise, I attended the school's church, Anchorage Baptist Temple, during my junior high and high school years. I was there a part of that community regularly and uh, all the time. During that time, I observed from a distance and up close inappropriate conduct from school and church faculty members. The most impactful for me in a negative context happened when I was 15 years old and I was a wrestler um, at, at the school. Um, Jason Hoffaker, who not only was an assistant coach, but was also my math teacher and the school's athletic director, made the decision to expose himself to me. After wrestling practice one day when it was common to undress, get weighed in for that day, and then reclothe, Jason approached me when I was half naked. While he was fully naked, he walked up to my face uh, while I was in a bent over position putting my, my clothes on and asked if I could find his bubble gum a reference to um, the, the veins on his testicles. And after I backed away, he, he looked at me and he, he tugged on his penis and asked if I liked what I saw, adding the slur faggot at the end. Um, I was mortified by this experience, as I think anyone would be. As a male student, again, 15 years old, Jason was a role model to me. He was a man who, at the time, I saw myself wanting to be more like, while he viewed his actions as a joke. I felt more ashamed and violated than ever before. I didn't want to tell any other teachers I trusted or even my parents because I was afraid of what consequences might look like. I was afraid of what people might think um, if they thought I was lying because of how prominent and uh, popular Jason was. I was afraid that he would try to convince the administration that somehow I acted on, I was acting inappropriately, and at worst, I'd be facing expulsion. 
Unfortunately, I was not the only student who had to deal with Jason in this capacity um, in the way of him being naked and making jokes similar to the bubblegum comment were widely known. I saw him target students who were less popular, overweight, or in general were a bit different or weird. He was inappropriate toward us because in his eyes, it was a harmless joke. And again, we seemingly made easy targets. What he failed to realize is that he was not in our lives to be a friend or to be the funny guy. He was in our lives because our parents were paying a lot of money so that we could attend a private Christian school in the hopes that we would not be subject to this sort of behavior from students, let alone our teachers. Looking back now, it does not really serve a great purpose in my life. I think the largest takeaway is no longer what was down, uh, is no longer what was down, was done when I was in high school, but what can be done to protect current and future students. Uh, it saddens me and equally angers me that teachers like Jason are recirculated within private Christian school, the, the private Christian school arena. At least twice now um, in my life, to my knowledge, I have seen teachers who demonstrated sexual misconduct with or towards students be relocated to other parts of the country, and they once again find a similar line of business as, as teachers to these communities. The teachers, um, they then pick up those new jobs, and I think this is really dangerous to the students. Forgiveness is offered by God, but forgiveness does not absolve the offender from all earthly consequences. Um, I, of course, I think that those individuals, um, if possible, should have jobs again, but not at, not as teachers, not exposed and working with children. And while I have chosen on my own accord to forgive a man who never offered an apology, it is my belief that his actions should bar him from being an academic teacher or a coach. I know there are more stories coming after mine today. I hope that anyone who hears these acknowledges the pain, hears of the trauma, and rather than thinking to dismiss it in the idealistic notion of unlimited forgiveness, we would all ask ourselves, how can we be better as a community? Uh, thank you. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Josh, do you want to? Yeah, I can go next. Um, my name is Joshua Albeza Branstetter. I am a Filipino-American man. Uh, who attended Anchorage Christian School from 2001 to 2005. I'm a military brat, uh, like as well, like Anna stated. And um, I went to public school for elementary and was homeschooled for middle school. And I went to ACS for high school. And I remember Leo's pain. And I remember what he felt because it was also my experience. I remember signing up for cross country my sophomore year because I wanted to make friends because I, I, I wasn't very social at the time. I remember going on an overnight school trip, sports, sports meet. I remember setting up my sleeping bag in the corner because like I said, I was shy. I, this was a big step for me to go on a trip with all these people I didn't know. And first a sport I'd never done before. I remember socializing with the other students and hearing them joke about Jason loving great bubblegum and asking me if I love great bubblegum and asking what that was and students saying, you'll, you'll see soon enough, Branstetter. I remember that night, Jason had finished Bible study with us and then all the students had cleaned up and we were all getting ready for bed and he went off to shower. I remember facing the wall my back to everyone else because again I was shy I just wanted to go to sleep and I remember people chuckling and I remember hearing Jason come into the room 
And I remember behind me, Jason saying, Brandstetter, have you seen my gray bubblegum? And I remember sitting up, turning around and seeing my coach holding his genitalia in his hand, less than a foot from my face. And then the laughter came. He laughed, everyone laughed. And I sat there feeling like an idiot. And I remember him saying, what is wrong with you, Branstetter? Are you a faggot? Why are you looking at my balls? And then I remember the rest of the season, whether I was in the hall or I was in the bus, people saying Branstetter loves great bubblegum. And everyone knew what it was. And he did it to other students. And that wasn't even it. That wasn't even just it. When I went to ACS, I had a lot of preconceptions of who I was as a child of color growing up in predominantly white neighborhoods, predominantly white classrooms, feeling like I already didn't fit in. And Jason being someone I admired greatly because he was my math teacher. I remember him holding Bible studies. I think he spoke in chapel a few times and he was my coach. He was teaching me so much. But I also remember not jumping high enough on the high jump during track. And Jason said, yelling at me saying, can't you jump any higher, Branstetter? I thought you had a little N-word in you. Except he said it. I had a preconception of how I fit in as a child of color. And I had hoped when I finally went to a private Christian educational institution that I could find hope, that I could find where I fit in, that I would, that these coaches and these teachers would be there for me. But the first time an adult ever called me the N-word was at ACS. Someone I admired. And instead of finding an environment which would disabuse me from my sense of worth and identity as a different person, as a strange person, as a person who didn't look like my classmates, I found my educators reinforcing that. I needed their help and they didn't help me. They made fun of me and showed me things I never wanted to see. I believe in forgiveness and I believe in restorative justice. And I have found success outside of that school. As a person, I have found my sense of identity and my sense of worth, but it took a while. And I know there are kids there right now who might feel like I felt, and they deserve better. They deserve teachers to be there for them, and they deserve accountability. That's what I want. Thanks, Josh. Thank you very much. Um, sadly, Hofker was far from the only coach, staff, or teacher. This was fraught throughout all the teachers and, and coaches there, well, for the most part. And there's another coach who was very similar and racially harassed um, and was sexually inappropriate and physically assaulted students in front of people um, on multiple occasions. And um, my, my younger brother, Gus, um, he's going to share his story about, about that coach. Hello. So I was muted there. Hopefully everybody can hear me and I won't slur my words too much, but um, so 
my dealing with uh, the individual she's talking about is uh, Mr. Darren Powers. It's pretty close with uh, Mr. Hofka. Um, I'll do my best to uh, kind of recount my my instance uh, with Mr. Powers. Um, as I said, my name's Augusta Simmers. Went from ACS from sixth grade to um, till I was done with high school. Um, I think I graduated in 2013. It was a long time ago. But um, so I was a sophomore, Big C Relays. Um, Brandon said I would probably know about this um, since he was probably on the track and cross country team. But um, last day of the Big C Relays, which is hosted by, I believe, Grace and ACS, um, one of my best friends had just had a just had a had a bad race, so I'm trying to trying to get him back in a good mood. Um, just just being a bonehead, and I spiked a water bottle, sprayed it sprayed it on him, and all out of nowhere, um, I start hearing I start hearing um, Powers being like, just saying, Gus, what are you doing, Gus? You an idiot? What what are you doing? Why 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 are you doing this stuff? Um, um, that's just dumb. I'm just accosting me and, and all that madness. So I, and he's telling me to throw the water bottle away. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do it. Um, so I get up I'm, as I'm about to throw the water bottle away. He keeps, just keeps yelling and yelling and yelling. And as I'm about to put it in the trash can, he makes a statement. Yeah, you better do that. Well, um, <laughs> uh, I, I was, a. I, I, I had enough by that point. So I asked him what his deal was, what his problem was. And he said that, I was his issue, that I was his problem, that I didn't respect anybody. Um, uh, and I, 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 I mean, I unfortunately I asked him why, why I mean, if, if what he's doing right now makes him serve any respect for me. Um, we approached each other. I mean, by the way, this is going around, there's about 1,500 kids there all watching us um, at a big, big relay. And, um, he, uh, as we get close, he puts his hand in my throat and he grabs my throat. I slapped it away and we started chesting up a bit more until, uh, one of the assistant coaches, Jake Moe stepped in between us and said, y'all break it up. We got, this is, this is just awful. I mean, and I'm, I'm fired, I'm fired up and I'm angry and he, I don't know, slurks off somewhere. Um, after that, a kid, um, from Eagle River, I, for life of me, I can't remember his name. He came up to me and because I mean everybody was looking at us. I mean, I was, I mean, I do mean everybody. And he comes up to us and he's just like, all right, so hey, um, whenever they whenever the uh Anchor School District comes to me, I'll I'll be I can be like a witness and um I, I can tell him exactly what happened. I, I mean I kind of just shrugged it off like it wasn't a big deal. But on that Monday, on that Monday, I, uh Mr. Hofker brought me into brought me into his office and Powers was there. Um, and he, Powers apologized to me privately. Um, Mr. Hofka was like, hey, we need to break bread here. And I said, no, okay, I'll apologize for the records, but I'm not I'm not sorry for anything else that I did. Um, and then Hofka instructed me to apologize to the track team, which I did, I apologized to them for um, making a ruckus and being in a being kind of an embarrassment, and I'd, I'd assume Powers was going to do the same thing. It did not happen. Um, to the best of my knowledge, um, he was never reprimanded for any of that. Um, for the rest of for my last two years of high school, he there was an understanding that we were to 
maintain a respectful distance from each other. I mean, you can't go around putting your hands on a minor, especially if they're not your kid. I mean, unfortunately, it didn't seem like he took that approach to the rest of the students at the school. Um, Ariane could probably dive into more depth about that than me. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Ariane, do you want to talk more about um, Darren Powers? Yeah. Uh, so my name is Ariane. Um, I went to ACS from sixth grade until graduating high school. So I was actually in Gus's class. Um, and I also witnessed firsthand the inappropriate behavior that teachers like Mr. Powers exhibited with absolutely no repercussions from the school staff. Um, Mr. Powers, like Gus was saying, was a teacher. He was a girls basketball coach. I had him as a teacher for several classes. Um, on a daily basis, Mr. Powers would flirt with the junior high and high school girls. He would make inappropriate comments to the girls. He would hang out with the girls in a way that was outside of the normal teacher to student or coach to student relationship. I actually remember he slapped one of the female basketball girls on her butt. Um, and his excuse was that she is like family to him. Uh, their families are indeed close, but not close enough for that. And that was in no way appropriate. Um, I was looking through old Facebook messages from when I was in high school. And I found one from 2011 where I was messaging one of my friends, a fellow student in my class. She asked me how my study hall class was that day since Mr. Powers was gonna be gone and wasn't supervising the class like normal. And my response was, it was better today because at least Mr. Powers couldn't hit on anyone today. I was 16 years old at that time. I was talking as if it was normal for a grown man, our teacher, to be hitting on the girls in my class. Uh, the staff at ECS was well aware of Mr. Powers' behavior, but as in most instances at that school, if a teacher was acting inappropriately, it was never the teacher's fault or it was somehow always the student's fault, like in Gus's case and many others, or else the student was lying or they were exaggerating. Uh, so despite the many complaints about Mr. Powers, he was allowed to teach there for way too long. He eventually was let go from ACS, but obviously without much consequence because he is currently teaching and coaching high school girls at a different school in another state. So not only did ACS, ACS staff turn a blind eye to this behavior from Mr. Powers, but there were many instances of racism that were allowed to continue by the staff. So circling back to Gus's story of being harassed, I remember what it felt like as a white student to know that these kinds of things were happening without any consequence. Mr. Powers would make racist comments and jokes in front of the class. Students would make racist jokes and comments in front of the teachers. People would say the N-word in front of the teachers. It was considered normal or just in good fun. No one would do anything about it. So to be raised in an environment like that and then step out from that bubble into the real world, and for me to realize that kind of behavior is not normal or acceptable, it was eye-opening for me. It was shocking. I really feel like if you are raised in a school or a church like ACS and ABT where racism and inappropriate behavior persists without consequence and there's little to no education on diversity, inclusion, or how to be anti-racist, 
it's extremely dangerous. Many people never really leave that quote unquote bubble as I call it. Many students from ACS and other private Christian schools go on to private Christian schools like Liberty University, where those same ideologies and dogma are present. Um, I'm currently studying to be a medical doctor. I can't imagine what I would be like if I had never decided to leave that private Christian school Baptist bubble and actually receive an education that taught me about racism. I'd be working as a doctor in this world practicing with that same discriminatory lens that I was raised with. The prejudice and microaggressions and such that come from growing up in ignorance like that are dangerous to everyone. The people that I grew up with going to school are now entering the workforce in important positions such as doctors, nurses, police officers, lawyers, you name it. If schools like ACS are sending people out into the world with discriminatory worldviews and a lack of education with race issues, it's a very serious public health and safety issue. And honestly, that's what really got us into doing something about this finally, is because we're recognizing how dangerous it really is. Just a couple weeks ago, Jason Hoffaker was posted on Facebook in a picture smiling with Jerry Prevo and his wife in Florida. So just like they sent Darren Powers to Texas to teach and coach again and be around young kids again, here they go again with Jason Hoffaker, obviously with some huge independent Baptist fundamental name like Jerry Prevo smiling with him. Basically, that's a bless off and we all know what that is. I have talked with the leadership at Anchorage Christian School and Anchorage Baptist Temple multiple times since June of 2020 when we first started this. And Ron Hoffman, the now, now the lead pastor since Jerry Prevo left two years ago, he used to be the boys basketball coach and the youth pastor. He was my youth pastor. Over the years, he has physically assaulted three different black student athletes. All of those instances being in front of people, in front of their teammates. He's allowed white student athletes to call their fellow student athletes who were minorities the N-word. And then he's physically assaulted the black student athlete because that child got upset about it. That's the kind of person now running Anchorage Christian School and Anchorage Baptist Temple. So nothing's gonna change unless we fight from the outside to make changes happen. As you know, as an independent Baptist pastor yourself, these are little islands yeah. where whoever's at the top has all the power. There's no checks and balances. Ron Hoffman and his son and his two daughters and their husbands run that institution, all of it. His son is in charge of the entire school. He and his daughters and their husbands are in charge of the entire church. So there's no accountability unless we press from the outside. And that's what we've been trying to do. So recently we've taken steps to now become a nonprofit. We're calling ourselves the Black Sheep Initiative. And what we're trying to do is to expose these stories of racism, reach out to the local community, communities around these private schools, these private Christian schools, because sadly what we found after our stories kind of got more exposure 
we had multiple Alaskan news outlets talk about what had happened and share our stories. Well, then Grace Christian School, which is parented by Grace Baptist Temple, all of their students started sharing their stories of racial harassment, sexual harassment, and worse. And their children were not protected. And the perpetrators were. And it, it's funny to us in a very morbid way that when we went to Anchorage Christian School, they taught us that Catholics were so bad because all these priests that used to molest all these children in the lower 48 would get sent up to the boarding schools in Alaska and just keep on doing horrible things. And it's so good that we're not like them. And yet here they go. They have people under sex, sex crimes investigations against minors like Jason Hoffaker. And it took them weeks to get rid of him. And instead of him being publicly fired and disavowed, he's sent to the state of Florida and is taking pictures with Jerry Prevo. And Darren Powers, who from Ron Hoffman's own mouth admitted to me that Darren Powers had a disciplinary packet that he said was as thick as a stack of Bibles. Well, why did you tolerate that for so long? And why instead of him being fired and disavowed, did you send him, did you allow him to get a job in a, another Christian school, coaching and teaching students again in Texas? Why did you have him up fishing with you in Alaska this past summer? That's showing that you have no problem with these people or what they've done to children or what they've done to the name of Christ. And that's why we're trying to make changes and, and push for it. And we thank you for letting us come in and share our stories. Yeah, I really thank you guys for doing this. I knew all these stories, but hearing it is just, it's really hard to hear this. Well, Dr. King said a threat to injustice, threat to justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Everyone listening to this podcast is, especially independent Baptist pastors, are directly responsible for what we hear. This is our problem. And if we know the truth and we don't do anything about it, we're complicit in the abuse. That's how it works. If you're in a position of authority, you know something wrong is going on with people associated with you. You don't say anything about it. You are condoning it. Um, so I, I really thank every one of you guys for, I, I can't imagine how hard it is to, to constantly have to sort of tell your story and then be attacked for it. And I'm sure there's people saying this didn't happen or it wasn't as bad as you said it was. So I really appreciate you coming on here. I know if I, for one, and, and Mark is the co-host. We are just glad to give you an opportunity to tell the truth and to let let the truth be known. And I think, and I, I've talked to Anna quite a bit about this, but your goal is to protect people, is to protect children. And by sharing your story, you're giving power to those who are fighting injustice. Um, so I, I'm going to have Anna come back on. Um, and we'll talk more in detail about the initiative, the Black Sheep Initiative. Uh, the, the, when you when you're fighting for justice, you need support. You need financial support, and you need moral support. And pastors were put on this earth by God to give moral support for for justice. And 
it's a shame that that independent Baptist pastors are are not only not known for pursuing justice, but are known for condoning it. And as an independent Baptist pastor, I can't pretend like, well, I'm not one of I'm not one of those people. It doesn't matter. That's our reputation. And I know from what Honest told me, from what I've heard here, you guys are suffering partly because you don't have moral leaders from the from the tradition that you grew up in supporting you. Instead, you have case after case of seeing your abusers being protected by other people in power. Um, so, yeah, again, I thank you guys. Um, I hope you guys are getting getting help. Um, I know you guys got to look out for yourselves. Um, as a pastor, I hope you have somebody spiritually caring for you, praying for you. Um, I, I'd recommend you go to church somewhere, but I can't guarantee you that the pastor there is not going to be a problem. I hate to say that, but find a spiritual leader, but be very careful with Christian pastors. Um, and hopefully the people listening to that will be that the pastors listening will be ashamed that that's the reputation that we have. Well, thanks for seriously. Thank you for letting us share our stories. It's uh, w- what I found through out all doing all of this. And when we talk to people, when we talk to different like Alaska state legislators, we talk to the um, athletic association leaders and it was people's stories that really got to them. Mm-hmm. And so that, yeah, if anything can get through to Jerry Prevo types, it'll be the stories um, from the people who experienced them. So we, we really do appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm glad to be a part of this. Um, you know, Ana, you're really doing the work here and you're gathering people and, and they're, you know, being encouraged and showing support. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad to be a part of it. Like, I feel like I got lucky by being, by you calling me up that one day and including me in this so um yeah go ahead i i'd i'd like to one i want i want to thank you for having us on and listening to us and for your support because we approached so many churches in alaska i have spoken to uh the association in alaska which is called i believe a fact but there are there are an association that specifically is pastors who have committed to tackling social issues within our state and i spoke with them and i told them our story and then we never heard back from them after speaking to so many churches and so many pastors one presbyterian pastor was willing to put his money where his mouth was and was willing to speak on camera about how this is unacceptable and this is a failure of the church. As a parent with two kids and a daughter who's asked me about God and asked me why we don't go to church anymore, what do I tell her? We, what do I tell her? And where do I take her when no pastor will stand up? One pastor stood up. That was kind of the same thing. Me and me and Ariane, we went up to Alaska for a week. And I called you, Matt, whenever we were doing that, you know, going and talking to different schools and different pastors and meeting with people up in the state. And we ran into the same thing. We 
I mean, how many churches and places did we like drive to? And, you know, they would say, oh, yeah, we'll be there. Then they wouldn't be there or they wouldn't answer. Or they just like, like Josh said, they would just straight up ignore us. And it's like, like, I know Jerry Prevo is a very scary figure and ACE ABT in Alaska is quite a behemoth. But it's really sad that when they knew our stories and in their emails to me, they were like, oh, I'm so sorry this happened. And they didn't even contest the validity of what we were saying, nor were any of the community leaders shocked at all that ACS was fraught with racism, which is something that's a bit of a witness issue, I would say, in and of itself. It's just, I'm kind of in the same boat as Josh. Um, I became a Christian in 2015. I had my son in 2018. I stopped going to churches um, around 2016 because I ju it just became so just crazily political and hateful and weird. And I now have, since going through this experience and seeing how Christian people will twist things and say, Jesus is the answer for everything while they use Jesus as an excuse for everything bad. Um, I, I don't want to be around it either. I don't want my kid around it. So I'm in this weird boat where how do I teach him how to be a Christian without the church? Cause that seemed like Jesus's thing. So it's, it, it honestly learning about you and talking to you and seeing that you exist <laughs> has been a huge relief to me and has really kept me from being completely disillusioned with white American Christian leaders in general, because it's been repulsive, absolutely repulsive these past four years, especially this past year. We need pastors who are more afraid of their testimony before God than the endorsement of a mega church. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think God is purging his church of false teachers. And we're finding out maybe most churches are led by false teachers, by, by wolves in sheep's clothing. I mean, I, I had one um, African-American pastor. He said when I don't have any personal, I don't know how to work through this. But he, he said, if you've gone through abuse in the church, consider a house church, not a big church because they have too much power. One, consider a house church to get therapy for the abuse that pastors gave to you, spiritual therapy, uh, therapy for spiritual abuse. And then thirdly, consider a um, an African-American church or, or a minority church led church. Yeah, um, I can tell you guys the next podcast we have, um, I'm having a, a trauma counselor come on who specializes in racial and spiritual trauma uh, in the church. So I've encourage you guys to listen to that he's a christian he's a baptist and we're specifically going to talk about how baptist christians are perpetuating abuse but also some some help for it and in the end the only answer is that god will help you that jesus himself will help you that that's the all like that's all we can depend on because we the church we can't depend on it um i remember the story in the old testament about elijah who was by himself and he told God, there's nobody out there. And God didn't say, no, no, everything's okay. He said, you're right. Most of the people out there are trying to, to hurt you, but there's a few that aren't. And 
yeah, it's it's hopefully what this podcast will do will will convict pastors of their complicity and abuse and see that they're driving driving people searching for God away from church, um, and that there'll be a revival, not like the old days where we were taught what revival looked like, but a revival where you actually love people like Jesus said. He said, you'll know them by their love one for another. And from what I hear from you guys and from what I see, these churches are not known for loving people, which means they're not followers of Christ. Um, Christ loved people. He cared for people. He was kind to people. He was gentle. These pastors do the opposite of that. They, they sit they sit in a place of authority, but they are following Satan. That's as simple as you can make it. Abusive pastors are following Satan, and they're doing it in Jesus' name. So uh, I pray that the Holy Spirit will drive them out and make room for real Christians. Um, and I, I, I'll pray for you guys because, honestly, this only a miracle from God can, can help you. But I think the assurance is that he, that he did promise that. He promised miracles and I don't know what the future looks for you guys, but I hope I can be a little bit of a, an encouragement and I don't feel like I've done anything special. I, it's, it's terrible that it's so hard to find a pastor who just simply cares a little bit. I mean, that's America has gone off the rails and, and Christian America has lost the right to that name. Okay, so uh, again, Anna, let, let our listeners know where they can follow you or, or find more information or about what you're putting together. So if you want to know more of these stories, because there are worse ones, sadly, um, we have an Instagram page at Black Sheep Initiative, and you can see the stories in witness accounts. And you can also find out on our on our website, blacksheepinitiative.org, how you can help by volunteering your time, donating money, and helping us fight to actually end how pervasive racism is in the private Christian education system. All right, thank you. And again, I'd like to have you come back on and talk more about um, the experiences you've had, but also what you've learned about the, the system, the, the the leaders and how they're they're influencing others so hopefully you'll be able to do that Definitely. all right guys um thank you so much and I, I hope that um yeah i hope you guys um stay strong and that you guys will, will find strength with each other thank you for listening if you have any questions you can email us at podcast on history and or messages on twitter at history and hope you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes stitcher spotify or any podcast app of your choice